so many people who look back and say, if I had only changed my career a decade ago, they're looking back and saying, boo-hoo. You're not enjoying it. Listen to those signs and consider a change, even if it feels like you shouldn't or if it's too late. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. So we've been dealing a lot with this great resignation concept. Questions coming in often are about, is this happening in the sports industry? What does it mean? And what's really cool is we just did a webinar on this exact subject. So if you weren't there able to be there live, that's okay. We're going to make it on demand. We will have it available to you. But I basically spent a half an hour to 45 minutes digging into some of the data behind the great resignation, what we're hearing from employers, what we're seeing from mid-level managers and other employees as they start to hire again, and as they start to change in what they want or demand out of their, their work-life experience. So we really dug into a lot of that concept. And if you're interested in that, make sure you check that out. It'll be in the show notes of this episode. We'll make sure we link to it. Watch that video. I think there's some really good advice in there for you. Since we're on that subject, we'll speak of our YouTube channel. Please check it out. Look for Work in Sports on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. We're churning out a lot of really good content. A lot of it connected to the podcast, right? We're doing a lot of content to accentuate using video and to tell stories and to get into some advice and et cetera. So check out that channel. We'll be including webinars. We'll be including all different types of content in there. At Work in Sports, we're trying our best to give you the information you need to make your mark in the sports industry. Whether you're an employee, a job seeker, a job seeker, or you're an employer looking to hire people, we're sharing advice for both sides of things. So make sure you subscribe and check that out. You'll get to see a lot more of me too, uh, and hopefully other people too. You don't want to see too much of me. Now, on that subject, though, of seeing too much of me, um, we're also discussing starting a, a TikTok channel. And I would love for you guys out there listening, guys and gals out there listening, to tell us if that's something that you would want. What our concept would be is creating one-minute-ish career advice pieces, little one-minute pieces of advice, highly produced, really good-looking, slick, energetic, but... We are on LinkedIn, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on you know Facebook, we're on all the different platforms, but I want to make sure we put our efforts where our audience is. So if you are a bunch of people that are subscribing to the podcast, you're our audience. You're the people that we want to talk to. You're the people that we want to help and be involved with and build in our community. And so if you're on TikTok and you think that would be a fun place for us to put more content, I want to hear from you. So what I'd like you to do is answer that question for us. If you're watching on YouTube, respond in the comments. Let us know. If you're listening uh, and you you are somebody who follows me on LinkedIn, message me there. Let me know if that's a good it's a good concept for us. Comment on Instagram channel. DM us on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Like, hey, you know what? I really like your content, and I think it would be cool if you could do even shorter abridged versions on TikTok. Or like, I don't spend any time there. I don't think it's worth your effort. I'd love to know from you. You know, that's how we research and we make sure we're spending our time in the right places. I'm very curious about it. I'd like to try it, but I want to hear from you guys if it makes sense. And I know Jacqueline Shin on our editing team has been telling me, on our content creation team has been telling me, we got to be doing this. So I'm a fan of Jacqueline, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to highly consider it, but I want your feedback as well. So today is Monday, so it's Q&A day, which means we're going to dive into a fan question. So let's do that. Yes, you can reach out to me with questions. Bclap at workinsports.com. I want you listening out there who have a question you want to ask, ask your questions and I'm glad to answer it. But I want to feature you on the podcast. I want on our YouTube channel for a minute to go from my face to your face asking the question. That is a little dream that I have. 
uh, and we'll have your voice actually on the podcast as well. So if you're listening and if you have a question you want to ask, you can record yourself asking a question and DM it to us on Twitter. You can send it to us on LinkedIn. You can go through any of our channels. You can email me, bclap at workinsports.com. That all works. But we want to see you. I think that's fun. So do it. Do it! Today's question comes from Bree. Uh, she did not say where she was from, so I'm not going to mention where she's from. But it's Bree, B-R-E. Let's get scratching. Hey, Brian. I'm a new follower of your podcast, which, by the way, is so awesome and informational. Welcome, Bree. I saw that we could send you emails with questions, so I thought I'd better reach out to you as I'm seeking a career change. I'm 24 years old, and I'm miserable in my current track. I'm a recent graduate with a master's in a health-related field. I was extremely young when I chose to major in speech-language pathology, and now I feel stuck. I'm a former college athlete who still loves sports and would love to work in the field as an event manager slash coordinator. The only problem is all of my education is related to my current career. I do have experience in event coordinating, my part-time job, but not in the sports industry. How do I become a top candidate with a background solely in SLP? Okay. And she asks further questions too. Do I have to go back and get my doctorate or master's? You know, where would you start if you were me? But let's just dive into this. Let's dive into this. Okay. Brie, this is great. And I am actually, I'm going to say this and I don't, I, this is going to sound maybe patronizing and I don't want it to, but I'm a dad. So I kind of think this way. I'm proud of you. I mean that because there are so many people who look back and say, if I had only changed my career a decade ago, or if I had only changed my major a long time ago, or if I had only volunteered more or did this or did that, and they're looking back and saying, boo-hoo, because they never had the nerve to make the change when it felt right to them. We spend, as humans, 90,000 hours of our life at work. Why in the world would we do something that doesn't engage us or make us happy? If you are literally working in a job right now where you're like, I'm miserable, do you really want to spend the rest of your career doing this? A lot of people do, and you're not. So that's why I'm saying I'm proud of you because to, to put this stake in the ground and to say, I'm going to do something different. I'm putting my stake in the ground and I'm saying today I'm going to fight for some sort of change. Today I'm going to determine something else I want to do that will make me feel engaged throughout my career. That's powerful. Seriously, this is not easy. It's not easy to make big change like this. You've invested all this time and money and effort. And now you're like, I'm not happy, but maybe I'm just not supposed to be happy. And that's what some people will tell themselves. And you know what? You are supposed to be happy. So I'm glad that you are having this question. We're having this conversation. Good for you. Let's do the setup a little bit. Let's go into the background a little bit. A couple things. I believe what you said is something that's extremely applicable to everybody else listening. You decided to go into speech language pathology when you were 17 or 18 years old, right? How in the world are we supposed to do this and nail it every time? It's like, it's so hard when you're a young person to get career clarity. And I try to help people with that. And I try to stress the importance of it. But really, you're 17 or 18 years old. How could you literally know how you want to spend the next 90,000 hours of your life? I mean, it's not easy. It's not easy. Following your passion can help. But again, like I have three kids who are under 14 years old and we're starting to talk about career pathing and what things are out there and what options are out there. And even as I look into things, like my, my son is into engineering and I'm like, there's 10,000 different types of engineers out there. 
How do we know where his right fit is? And so it's so hard to know that. So give yourself a little bit of grace. Don't go, you know, like getting upset with yourself and thinking, oh, this is too bad. I didn't do what I was meant to do and I wasted this time in college. No, it's all part of the experience. It's all part of the journey. One piece of advice I'd give everybody else out there who is thinking this way and is feeling like, I don't know what to do next, but I think I'm not happy. Listen to those signs, really. If you do internships, like if you're in college and you're thinking, okay, I want to go down this certain path and you do an internship and you're like, I didn't really like that. Or if you're signing up for courses and taking courses that are in your line of business, like what you want to do, it's your major, it's your coursework, not just the extra stuff, like the stuff that you should be really enjoying. If you're not enjoying it, listen to those signs and consider a change, even if it feels like you shouldn't or if it's too late. When will I know I'm ready? You won't. It's a leap of faith. That's all it is, Miles. A leap of faith. Like consider a change because you'd rather do it when you're college because it is harder. Sorry, Brie, but it is harder when you're 24, 28, 30, 35. It can be harder. I'm not saying it's impossible, but you'd rather change earlier than later. That doesn't mean just be a serial changer jumping around from left to right, but be okay with that change because you're not alone. Get this, okay? A little data for you. 61% of college graduates look back and say they wish they had changed their majors. 61%. We're putting too much pressure on young people to know exactly who they want to be when they're 17 or 18 years old. Now, when you do know it and you're in that 39% where you're comfortable with where you are, that is the golden zone. Great. Congratulations. Good for you. But we're talking to a lot of people out there. I hope a lot of you are listening right now and saying, Bree, I feel you, girl. I know it. I know what you're talking about because I feel the same way. So let's talk about what we do with it. First thing, in this study where 61% of college graduates look back and say they wish they had changed their majors, okay, the reasons they cited were that they realized once they get out there that this isn't the greatest job opportunity and they wish there were better job opportunities, better pay, that they're like, oh, I'm doing this thing and I'm not getting paid that well and I'm stressed out because of it. They're burned out or stressed in their current past. So maybe they pick something that was really hard or really intense. And now they're just like, whoa, I can't do this. This is too much. They want to relearn an in-demand skill because probably that relates to pay somehow too. If they learn an in-demand skill, maybe that pays more. Or they feel like they're not pursuing their passion. So those are reasons. Those are just a few of the reasons why people say, 61% of people said, I wish I had changed my major. So Bree, you may actually fall into a couple of those categories. A couple of you, and some of you listening out there may be like, yeah, actually like three or four of those things kind of apply to me right now. I'm stressed out. I don't get paid well. And I think there are better job opportunities out there. I mean, this is all very real. So before we get into the actions you can take, I want to be really clear about something. You don't have to have prior sports experience in order to get into the sports industry. So, Bree, you said in your question, like, I have some part-time experience doing uh, event management, but I feel like uh, I don't have any sports experience, so that people may not notice or pay attention to me. I'm telling you, I talk to talent acquisition managers, human resources managers, all kinds of decision makers across the sports industry. They actually love to hire people from outside of the sports world. Now, it is great to hire somebody with experience in the world, but in the sports industry. But having experience on the outside and other realms can transfer really well to the sports industry. Sports industry is just another business, right? And if we're talking about event management, putting on a concert somewhere is a lot like putting on a sporting event. So there's a lot of similarities across over whether you've worked in sports or not. So don't be intimidated by the fact that you may not have that sports kind of lens in there. It's okay. We can get past all that. Okay, so 
Now, let's get into the actionable advice. Let's get into what you should do because that's what you're asking for. You want to know, like, I'm giving you empathy to start because a lot of people are in this situation. But now let's get to the advice part. I think, Bree, you're off to a great start. So I'm going to talk to a lot of the people that aren't off to a great start yet and that are considering a career change. The reason Bree's off to a good start is because she started to understand what she does want. And she understands that I want to go into event coordination. She has some career clarity there. And that's really important. So if you're considering career changing, don't just jump. I'm going to jump! Get back in there. Do some research, do some thought, try to figure out what that next landing spot is before you just leave the one you're in, right? So don't just go down in a blaze of glory being like, I hate this, I'm out of here. Like literally take some time, think about it, do some research, look into those certain types of um, options that are out there. Now, if you're again, let's say Bree didn't know what she wanted to do. One of my pieces of advice is um, when you're trying to find that thing that you're into, And I give this advice to a lot of college students. So whether you're a career changer or you are a current college student, this advice will really stick. When you go to a site like ours at workinsports.com, we have upwards of 30,000 sports jobs that are available in the marketplace right now. That's a lot of opportunity. And you might be like, oh my God, I don't even know where to start, right? How do I figure out what my next step is? I know I want to work in sports. I'm passionate about sports. This does it for me. But how do I know where that step is? Well, if you do a little bit of work where you cut that 30,000 into a more manageable number and it's all entry-level type positions, you can start to see a cross-section of the industry and what's available. And here's how you do that. Instead of searching for a broad term for a specific type job like marketing or sales or even event management, search for a term like coordinator. Now, coordinator is usually a job associated with entry-level positions. So if you search for a term like coordinator, you're going to get back results from our job board. It's going to cut down that list to maybe a thousand jobs, but it's all going to be social media coordinator, event management coordinator, facilities coordinator, sales coordinator, marketing coordinator, like every discipline is going to have a coordinator type role. And those are generally entry-level Go through those job descriptions and read some of those. And if you read through and you're like, oh my gosh, event coordinator, that event management, that that sector, that's my world. That feels right to me. I'm reading this. It feels right to me. Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's marketing. But you have to get exposed to these things. You have to understand what's out there and do a little bit of reading and research to feel where the tingles happen for you, right? If you're reading through, I can't tell you what you should do. You should be reading through it and be like, oh my God, I can picture my life doing this and this sounds really cool to me. Once you get that level of career clarity, then we can move to the next step forward. So Bree, now your advice, because we're combining the two of you, somebody that doesn't know what they want to do and is starting to get career clarity and you who have a better idea of where you want to transition to. What you need to do now is I want you, Bree, to go look for 10 to 15 different event coordinator jobs on our job board, okay? You're not applying to them, you're researching. So go look for event coordinator jobs across the scope of what's out there. And I want you to go and read through these job descriptions and understand what the demand is for these roles. And I need you to then map what skills you have to what is needed to do this job. That's the thing we're looking for, transferable skills. When you were in college and you studied things and you did internships and then in your early parts of your career, you did things, you gained experience. And you might not think to yourself, there's a straight line between speech and language pathology and event coordinating in the sports industry. But you might find there are things in there about interpersonal communication and there are demands for certain uh, skills that you've used in in your workforce. 
And there's certain organizational or project management skills that are necessary that you have done. So start to make that map and connection to what is in demand for the industry and what you currently have based on your education and your experience in any workforce. Now, the magic comes from when you look at the list of what's in demand, you identify things that you don't have, and you put together a plan to start learning them. Remember, you can get hired in the sports industry for these jobs if you have the skill and experience. So you have to know what those skills and experiences are that are in demand. So let's do a real life example. I went to our site literally as I was prepping for this question, and there's an event coordinator role for the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, Bree, you're not going to get a job in Major League Baseball in their event program. They are going to look for somebody with more experience, and this is probably not the right position for you, but that's not what we're doing here. We're trying to figure out what a high-level professional team would want if they were hiring an event coordinator, because that should be your goal, even if it's not attainable right now. And that's how you understand what skills are in demand, okay? So if you go through this job description, I see things like, Planning and execution of emergency management and crisis response training. This person may supervise stadium operations interns. Proficient in MS Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and Teams. Liaison with event promoters to plan, execute, and manage special events, including shows, concerts, and dinners among many events. Must be organized and work according to timelines. So I see that and I say to you, Bree, do you have experience executing emergency management and crisis response training. If you don't, and you said you're working part-time in event management right now, you know your focus on this job could be, okay, that's an area I need to get more experience with if I want to get a job like with the Tampa Bay Rays. So you go to your boss and you go and you say, hey, I'd like to learn more in these areas. How do we do our crisis response training? How does that go? Can I take leadership role in that? Then you could also look at your cover letter and how you might be able to compose in there how you are, tell me a story about how you're organized and how you work according to timelines. Maybe you can tell me a story in there about how you supervise other people and staffers during your speech uh, and language pathology days. You may have had a bad bunch of interns. You may have had people underneath you that you manage. So you can tell me about your management style. You're starting to hit these marks of what the demands are for the job because you're mapping to skills that you may already have. But you're also looking for opportunities to learn and more and advance and become a match for these jobs. So, If you haven't executed or managed special events, you got to do that. You got to learn that. If you didn't have a part-time job, I'd be telling you, go, you got to start volunteering and getting out there. You got to start to do, you know, dial back and try to do other ways to gain these experiences because this is what's in demand. There's tons of event coordinator jobs out there. I just picked an example with Tampa Bay Rays, but that's your highest bar. Like they're going to have other uh, requirements in there that you may not hit. But you can start to get a cross-section of what is needed to do these jobs and how to map your skills to it. So I want to answer your specific question too. You did ask one specific question about, do you need to go back and get a master's in sports management? The answer is no. Um, I am a big fan of master's programs in sports management, uh, but they are not always necessary and you don't need to have that. At this point, at 24 years old and already getting two degrees, you've proven you're smart and that you can learn and you can do an advanced field. Now you need experience. You need skills that match the industry. So I would really lean into this part-time opportunity. Look for even more part-time opportunities. Look at local colleges near you, right? Small colleges, 
probably need help in this field. So maybe you can volunteer with them and start to talk through those different processes. Even look at programs outside of sports and say, hey, I've identified that I need to know more about emergency management and crisis response training. So maybe I can go look at some other business and talk to their HR team or talk to their event program or some some concert series or outdoor venue or art show. I don't know. But maybe there's a way that you can kind of gain this experience so it starts to stand out on your resume. I get, I'm telling you, when, when hiring managers are looking through a skill set on a resume, they're not saying it needs to have sports event management. They're trying to see if you have these skills that match. Now, does it hurt if you have sports? Absolutely not. But you're not prevented from getting out there if you don't have that as well. So Bree, map it to what's in demand line up your your transferable skills and congratulations to you for having clarity on where you want to go and you're willing to put your stake in the ground right now and say I need to make a change because I'm not happy doing this. I'm really proud of you for doing that. All right, that should handle Bree's question. As I'm ta- as I said to everybody at the beginning, email me bclap at work in sports. DM us on Twitter with your questions. Give us a video of you asking the question and I will I will elevate it to the top of the pile right now. Seriously, you record yourself asking a question, you send it to me, I will put it on the next show. So make sure you do that. Evan Parker, Senior Vice President and General Manager of The Athletic is coming up on Wednesday and he is a pretty awesome guest. So thank you for tuning in. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. We love having you here. Check out our YouTube channel. We're doing a lot of great video content there. Subscribe as well. And... That should do it for today. 